Welcome to the redubbed Sandler Training Hour. We're probably going to come up with a new and interesting title, but sticking with our theme, what we're covering today is some of the Sandler rules. And we're going to do a series where we highlight some of our favorite rules and what they're really saying objectively, and then what the periphery of that can be tangentially. So starting off, this is Jason with Sandler Training, and my co-host with me is Jim Stevens. Jim, why don't you read to us our first rule for the day? Being listened to is so close to being loved, most people don't know the difference. Yeah, so if we want to take this rule apart and as a theme, two things I would point out really early on is loved and listened pretty different words, but if they're saying the same thing, why do people feel like they're being loved when someone's listening to them? Well, from my perspective, we live in a world where we are trivialized and ignored. Mm. <laughs> How much time do you spend in any day being really the focus of someone else's attention? Yeah. And every meeting that you go into, there is typically someone driving it with an agenda, trying to accomplish a goal, thank goodness, or it'd be a waste of time, but very rarely is their goal, I wanna fully understand you so that I can know how to serve you. And I think great salespeople are the people who just make you feel important. Yeah, yeah there's something, there's something truly powerful about being empathetic to the point where you're trying and and your main intent is to understand what someone else is going through. Even if you fall short of understanding exactly what their experience is, just the act of trying earns you credit in most social situations and interactions. Yeah, it it, it is so true that uh, we judge others by the way they make us feel about ourselves. And I think one of the key points of being listened to, most people uh, listen with the intent to reply. Yeah. So they're thinking about how do I respond or what do I want to say next? Yeah. As opposed to really listening carefully what the other person is saying and interpreting what they mean in such a way that you play it back to them so that they hear what they said. And I think that's a big piece that we have another rule that uh, uh, there's three types of listeners. There's passive listeners, competitive or combative listeners, and then there's active listeners. Most people who are passive listeners may well be good at listening, but you can't tell because you don't get the feedback loop. So yeah, I think that feedback loop, Jason, is really critical. Yeah, and when you say feedback loop, you're talking about the strategy of when someone says something, you say, what I hear you say is, or let me repeat back to you what you said so I can be sure we're on the same page. Yeah, let me paraphrase what we're saying, what I've heard you say, just so I know we're on the same page. Having that clarity, yeah. it's, it, it, and you'll watch as you use that technique, uh, people will, they'll correct you if you missed it. 
Yeah. That uh, they they want to be heard and they want to be heard accurately. Uh, I don't know who to give the quote to, but it goes something like this. I know you think you know what I said, but I don't think you know you don't know what I meant. <laughs> yeah, like as kind of convoluted as that can be, it's some sort of um, just the reality is when we communicate words, the other person hears words and consumes them and runs them through their lexical understanding yeah. of those words. So yeah. like an example would be in the unbearable lightness of being, there are these sub chapters that are, that are called the dictionaries of misunderstood words. And it takes words like love or listen, and then runs them through the filter of that person's experience and explains why when two people say the same word, they're talking about something different. So if you think about something like, why does someone confuse listen being listened to with being loved? Well, it's because when it comes to like our emotional range, I mean, face it, a lot of people are limited to like three emotions, happiness, anger, and um nothing or blandness right and so they don't have they might not recognize when they're being listened to that oh this is just being listened to and because that's that i mean it turns into happiness for them and yeah. so really like the quote that jim made oftentimes when we're hearing information from someone else we're just running it through every way we've understood words similar to that and trying to make sense of it and if you've never met someone, which is newsflash in sales, a lot of times you're not meeting with someone you've met before. The yeah. reason that it's powerful to listen is because you're trying to understand what they mean when they say words, yeah. which is something that not a lot of people do. I think a lot of salespeople feel pressured because I only have a limited amount of time and I need to tell these people what I do so that they can make a decision if they want to use my services. Mm -hmm. And it's this, this pressure to demonstrate your expertise that drives you to what I call premature presentation, yeah. giving solutions before you've really fully understood the situation. And I think the antidote to that is recognizing I might be the expert on my product and service. I'm not the expert on my client. And for me to be great at sales, I've got to get to know them well enough that I can decide, are we even a good fit? Because if, if the problems they have, I can't really solve adequately I do a disservice to them and my company by selling them something they can't use. Yeah. And when it comes down to selling something, you've said this often throughout our engagement, but you don't sell anyone anything. You help them decide whether or not they're going to purchase or not. And if you think about anything that you've bought in the recent past, salespeople can be a trigger. They can be a catalyst to a decision. But oftentimes they're intrusive to making a decision. And we often say decision makers help de people make decisions. And that can be a strategy in your sailing system. But if you don't really have a plan on how to help people understand what they want, then ultimately you sabotage any effort they're going through because you become the obstacle. And if you help someone discover that the choice that they're making uh, is a bad choice, 
even yeah. if that means that they should buy, they might hold it against you as if you are the reason why you understand it's a bad idea. Yeah, but but think of what a credibility builder that is. If you've ever been turned down by a salesperson who said, you know, I'm not sure my solution is the best fit for you. I think you might need somebody who could do A, B, or C better. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that might not be what I want to hear, but it's probably what I need to hear. I had a sales call a couple of months ago that went something like that. And uh, the guy on the other line said, yeah, I kind of wondered um, if really what you do is what I'm looking for. So I guess this conversation confirms that this isn't uh, really what I need. But, but And then he went on to thank me for the time and energy that I put into asking him questions to help him get clarity on what he was trying to accomplish. Yeah. And I gave him a couple of suggestions that he, he may never remember me, but if he ever does or come across my name, it won't be a negative affiliation he has with it. It will be positive because I helped him discover something that was in his best interest to know. Yeah. And, and I'm specifically talking about scenarios where as a salesperson, what your intentions are is to make sure that to like convince someone that you are right and you're convincing them that you're right by telling them that they're wrong. Yeah. Right. And it just goes back to most people trust their own data before they trust the data of someone giving them information. And so like what you're talking about, giving someone a lot of questions and getting clarity on what they want is way more beneficial than trying to ambush someone into understanding that all their life they've made a terrible choice and you're the only solution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when it comes down to us at Sandler Training, our main focus is to help people make better decisions and people make better decisions when they're better informed. So we're going through our list of Sandler rules to share the information that we have because we know even though training is training, listening and thinking is the key to get to the next step of your own development. We believe in personal development, we believe in agency, and we believe in empowerment. So thank you for joining us today. We'll continue on next week and we'll be going down the line of some of our favorite Sandler rules in hopes that the snippets that we share and the information we share about those snippets is compelling enough for you to either decide that you want to move forward with a change in your world or to give you a place to think a little bit. So if you have any thoughts or comments for us, reach out to us. Our number is 208 429-9275 or send us an email at jason.stevens at sandler.com or jim.stevens at sandler.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N-S. Thank you for your time today. If you have any questions, well, you know where to send them. <laughs> <laughs> have a great week.